Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 108 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. It's most definitely swarm season. I've lost one, gained two and split another colony. This week, more about artificial swarms and how to perform one without finding the queen. short and sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. I'm grateful to Honeypore Hives for sponsoring in part our podcast for this season. Honeypore Hives, as I'm sure you're aware, are Polly Langstroth Hives, and we're setting up an apiary full of their hives this season, courtesy of Honeypore. Check out their range of hives and other equipment on their website, and I'll leave links to all of the websites in the show notes as usual. Honeypore Hives, designed by beekeepers for beekeepers. This week's update includes the inevitable news that some of our colonies have decided to swarm. It's not a total surprise, to be honest. We've been seeing rudimentary queen cells for some time now. Those are the queen cups without eggs, and more recently we've seen eggs and very young larvae in them, making them queen cells in their own right. It was predictable that sooner or later the timing of these queen cells would work against us and I'd miss one or two and a few colonies would get away from us. By that I mean with a weekly inspection routine I've been removing queen cells regularly which should mean that by the time I come round to inspecting again there still shouldn't be any sealed queen cells. Sealed queen cells are important because once sealed the young queen larvae inside has been fed and nurtured as much as it can be by the colony, and there's nothing more they can do now until the virgin queen emerges. This, then, gives the green light for the colony to swarm, as the sudden and dramatic reduction of the number of bees in the colony after the swarm won't make any difference to the sealed queen cells. What this means is that if you carry out regular inspections and you remove every queen cell you see, it should be possible to prevent them from swarming, right? Wrong. As I'm sure you either know or are finding out, bees will find a way to circumvent the beekeeper's best efforts and find ways to swarm. I once had a colony that persisted in producing queen cells week after week until finally they produced 58 queen cells in one week. I methodically went through, counted and removed every last one of them or at least that's what I thought I'd done, but alas, a week later I found they had swarmed. I'd removed 57 queen cells and missed one that they'd hidden in the middle of some drone brood, created at such an angle that the queen cell was completely hidden within the mass of drone brood. 58 queen cells is my record number in one hit, I think. It looks quite impressive when you see frame upon frame of queen cells, but it really isn't what you want to see as a beekeeper. Some beekeepers might be tempted to use a great many of the queen cells to produce more queens for expansion, but I suspect that with that colony, all you're going to do is reproduce lots of swarmy colonies. Not something I really want to have to deal with, really. On the topic of using swarm cells, I tend to use them if there are perhaps less than about a dozen swarm cells produced. More than that, and I think I'm probably making more of a problem for myself in the long run. The battle you have with yourself is that swarm cells look so damn good. Large, plump cells that are crying out to be used. 
just be very picky with the ones that you do use. For those new beekeepers out there who are wondering how on earth you're supposed to use them when they're stuck on a single frame, well, what we do is we cut them out of the frame using a very sharp knife, leaving plenty of room around the queen cell so as not to damage the queen inside the queen cell in any way. Then, cut a corresponding shaped hole a little smaller than the queen cell comb that you've already got. Cut that in a frame that you want to use for rearing the queen, say in a queenless nuke box, and gently push fit it into the frame. Just add bees and away you go. Anyway, back to the bees this week. My confession this week is that despite my reluctance in previous years, this year for the first time in a long time, I've decided I would clip my queens to try to prevent the mayhem that we had last year when we lost so many swarms. Although I produce these podcasts and videos on Patreon and YouTube, I am also trying to produce honey on a commercial scale, albeit a small commercial scale. I have no problems with being a small-scale commercial bee farmer. I'm never going to compete with producers who have hundreds or indeed thousands of colonies, but I do need to produce enough to keep our stockists in stock all year round. And I'd ideally like to increase the number of stockists a little to make better use of our bottling machine, which stands idle for most of the year. So this year I'm clipping queens. What that means is I'm very carefully clipping off the bottom third of one primary wing. The result of which means the queen can't fly more than a few feet before dropping to the ground. The effect of this is that she will either crawl back into the hive or will be lost to the colony, but all the flying bees will get totally confused because the queen is missing and will then return back to their parent hive. From a beekeeping perspective, it gives me a few more days to get myself back to the apiary and carry out inspections where hopefully I'll find a queenless colony, no eggs, and sealed queen cells. All except one queen cell gets removed, leaving just the one queen cell for the colony to take care of. No need for them to swarm, and I don't lose the massive foraging force that could have disappeared over the hedge in the same fashion as they did last year. So on Sunday last week, seems a long time ago now, but I spent a few hours at the workshop and planned to drop off some additional nuke boxes and hive parts, so I was ready for any emergency splits, swarm collections or general manipulations I wanted to do at the next inspections over at the oilseed rape. It was a lovely day, sunny, not too hot, I had my packed lunch and drinks with me and arrived at the apiary to see a cloud of bees above the hedge line. That can only mean one thing, a swarm. So, I got back into my truck and had lunch. Well, it was the only thing to do, really. One thing you can't do when a colony decides it's going to leave the hive as a swarm is to try to do anything. You just have to let them go and hope that they either settle close by or, as in this instance, the clipped queen meant they had to go back into the hive as they didn't have a queen with them to swarm. Once lunch was finished, and as an aside, I think I might be part hobbit, Food features prominently in pretty much every daily routine that I have. Anyway, with lunch done, bee suit on, smoke lit, and off we go to see what we could do. And here we get somewhat belatedly to this week's topic. An artificial swarm when you can't find the queen. Well, in this instance, sort of. 
as the colony had already swarmed. It's a little kind of barn door and horse scenario. However, it can still work to your advantage. So here's how it works. Last week, I talked about performing an artificial swarm. And in case you haven't yet listened to that episode, hit the pause button and go back to that one first. Otherwise, what I'm about to say might not make a great deal of sense. For those of you who have listened to it, I'm not going to ramble on through the whole process in minute detail again, so you can rest easy. Here's the simple version. First, move the parent hive again away from the original stand position. Put a new floor and empty brood box on the old stand with the entrance facing the same direction as the old one was facing. In the parent colony, find a frame which has the very best looking queen cell on it that you can find. Alternatively, just find a queen cell on a frame and use that. Just one remember, no more or you tempt fate. If you're being really prompt and there aren't any sealed queen cells, you'll just have to look in on this colony again and remove any further queen cells that they may produce, but leave that for about five days before you check. That way, they really can't produce any more queen cells after that point. So this frame, with the queen cell on it, needs all the bees brushing off it. Grab a handful of long grass or a small branch from the hedge with nice new soft leaves on it and use that. Don't go for one of those costly shop-bought things. The bees hate them, they get stuck in the bristles and that just makes them angry. Put this frame into the new brood box and fill it up with new frames with foundation or empty comb if you're lucky enough to have it. Go back to the parent colony, shake the bees off each frame If you're not sure how to do this, take a look at my videos on Patreon. Remove all of the queen cells you find. Look really carefully, as these are the ones that will catch you out if you miss one. It is possible for the old colony to swarm still if you do miss a queen cell. It might not happen immediately, but believe me, they will find a way if you let them. Add a replacement frame of comb or foundation for the one that you took out and close them down. Don't forget to share out the supers if there were any on the original hive so that both colonies have got good food stores to keep them going. I would always go back a few days later to check for any emergency queen cells that they may have produced. You just can't trust them. And that's all there is to it really. There's no mystery. It's not complicated and works really well when you just can't find the queen. Just thinking back to my swarming colony, let me explain how I put this process into practice. Because I had clipped the queen, all of the swarming bees went back into their parent hive. I moved this hive to a position a few metres away and set up a new hive on the old stand position. A floor facing the same direction as before and an empty brood box. I then went to the parent colony and found a frame which had a queen cell on it. What I also noticed was that there were quite a lot of eggs on the frame too, Now this is something a lot of books and online blogs will tell you won't happen. The normal view is that the queen is slimmed down to a lighter weight to be able to fly and as a result stops laying eggs. So if you saw this after they had swarmed you might think that you still had a normal laying queen in the hive. Anyway this means I need to go back in and check for those emergency cells a few days later. In fact I'll be back in in five days after the manipulation. The frame is placed in the new hive and this hive is closed down to allow all the flying bees to return. And that will also include the swarming bees. 
But there was one other thing I did that's slightly different for the artificial swarm method. Now, I couldn't find the queen. It could be that she's returned with the swarm, or she may have been lost, but I couldn't find her. So in this instance, I removed the queen cell from the frame I gave them because there were eggs in it. This means if there is a queen, they might not now produce queen cells. If there isn't a queen, they have eggs and young larvae with which they can produce queen cells. Back to the parent colony, a thorough search and I couldn't find the queen in this colony either. There was one lovely looking queen cell mid-frame, looking every bit a supersedure cell. So don't believe beekeepers who tell you a queen cell in the middle of a frame is absolutely a supersedure cell. It's just not that easy to predict. So there is a risk with this method, as I've used it because the queen might be in one of the boxes and I've left a queen cell. When you carry out this manoeuvre without a colony swarming, it's a lot more secure. If the queen is in one of the boxes, they may well try to swarm again, but she's clipped, so the bees will go back to the hive. The biggest risk is if she's still in the parent box, in which case they may well swarm with the emerging virgin queen rather than the old queen. It does happen. Forgetting my emergency manipulations, the artificial swarm control method works really well and can save a lot of headaches and frustration. With any luck, I might have saved myself the loss of a swarm, increased the number of colonies I have by one, and still have a large enough colony in both boxes to produce a super of honey from each for the summer. For most beekeepers, I suspect the whole swarming and increasing colony numbers can be quite a stressful time, particularly if you only want a few colonies, have maxed out the equipment that you have, and don't have the time or space to continually develop more colonies. Other beekeepers out there are always looking to increase colony numbers, maybe for honey production reasons, to replace winter losses, or maybe to sell as summer nukes. And that might be something that hobbyist beekeepers might think of doing, selling one or two nukes to help pay for what can, after all, become quite an expensive hobby. With that in mind, next week I'm going to explain the two nukes from one parent hive method that can see your stocks of bees go from one colony to double figures in one season if properly managed. Well that's it for this week. I'm off to the workshop to get yet more nuke boxes onto the truck and also grab a few honeypaw langstroth hives to carry out some shook swarms for our video series. Have a great beekeeping week, stay safe and please do remember to check out my Patreon page where you can access lots more content. That's www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey. I'm Stuart Spinks and that was beekeeping short and sweet. Yeah.